Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning, church. Good to see you guys. So glad you're here today. Thank you for coming out, and if you are here for your first time in the auditorium or first time online, we call you VIPs because you're a very important person because God made you to be who you can only be. He loves you, and we love you too. So with that being said, I real quickly, I know uh, Wes mentioned this earlier. They're going to put the QR code up on the screen here, and what we want to do is, and they're going to leave it up for a minute, this is our new app, and so for those of you that like to use apps, we'd love for you to take, if you have a smart device, go ahead and plug that in there, put your information in there. It's a great way that you can pull up the message notes each week, you can review past messages and a lot of plethora of other things with that, so go ahead and do that right now if you have not downloaded our new app. So as you're doing that there in a moment, I want to also reiterate what I mentioned last week on Friday night and on a half a day Saturday, October 8th and 9th, we're having a marriage retreat, and Shannon and I would love to invite you to be a part of that. It will be at the retreat center at Center Hill Lake. It's just a little over an hour from here, so it'd be a great time. Check-in begins that night at 6 p.m. Uh, have a couple of great meals. Man, it's a great place. We've been there for men's retreat, women's retreat, and then we'll be done by noon the next day. Shannon and I will be out in the lobby there, and we'd love to get you signed up. For that, there's only so many spots that we have. If you would like to have a little overnight getaway and you'd love to invest in your marriage, we'd love to invest in with you. We're going to have a great fun time together and a great time of renewal. So be sure to do that and sign up because the slots are filling up very quickly. Love for you to be a part of that. So today, we jump back in to what I started last week, living life on purpose. How many of you here want to live your life with purpose? Raise your hand. Yes, yes, yes. But how many of you are like me? There's been a time in your life you really didn't know what your purpose was. Would you please raise your hand? I think that's a lot of us because we really don't pursue that from the perspective of God. And that's what we want to do today. Last week I talked about why we're alive and I talked about the life's three greatest questions. The question of existence is, why am I alive? And God's answer is, he made you to be able to love you and that's why that you're living. That's why you're breathing. But also the question of significance. Basically, does my life matter? And God says, absolutely yes, your life does matter so much that I plan on keeping you forever. And then the last question we addressed last week was the question of intention. What is my purpose? I find my purpose, and you will too, in getting to know God. So today, we're going to move forward, and over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the purposes of who we are and who we are in God. Today, in particular, we were people that were formed for, and, and we were planned for God's pleasure. So we're going to talk about that today. I want to begin by telling you a story about a man, a true story of a man named Bill Mallory. Bill Mallory traveled to India because he wanted to go to the country of India because he wanted to discover the purpose of life, but he didn't find it there. After returning, he kept seeing this sign at a Chevron station, and it said on the sign, as you travel, ask us. So every time that Bill would pull up to a Chevron station, he would say, I'm a traveler, and I have a question. He would ask the attendant or whoever he was speaking to, what is the purpose of life? And so he would not get a response. He would say something like this, well, sorry, I'm new here. 
Or they'd say, I didn't, I'm sorry, I, that, I, they didn't teach me that in the handbook here. Or they'd just simply say, I'm not a church person myself. You might have to ask another person. Or one particular time he said that they just winked at him and whatever that means. So one day Bill Mallory gets a call from Chevron as, from customer relations and says, we understand that you have been asking questions at our stations and you are getting an unsatisfactory response from them. So they tell Bill Mallory to write out his question on and put it in a self-addressed stamped envelope and send it to them. Well, he wrote in the envelope, what is the purpose of life? And he sent it to the Chevron company. A couple of weeks later, he gets an envelope back in return. And the only thing that was in it was an application for a credit card. So here's the point. Listen, when it comes to your purpose in life, you're not going to get the purpose of life by asking some gas station attendant. You're not going to get the purpose of life by going and asking someone that has a talk show or a self-help book or a podcast. The only way you're going to know is to talk to your creator that gave you breath in life and look at his owner's manual. That's how you find out what the purpose of life is and you begin to pursue him. You were made by God, you were made for God, and until you grasp that and understand that, your life will continue to make no sense and you really won't understand what your purpose is that's why we're taking this 40-day journey to be able to talk about what, how we can find that and we're going to look at the first of reasons of why we exist today and why God created you and me I want to look at Revelation in the New Testament chapter 4 and verse 11 look what it says it says you talking about God created everything and it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created so what does that mean? God wants to enjoy me and you. That's why he created you and I, for his enjoyment, for his pleasure. God wants to have that kind of relationship with you and me. And you say, well, I don't really understand that. How many parents do we have here? Raise your hand if you're a parent and you've got kids. Okay, you remember from the time, I remember when each one of my children were born, from the time they come out of their mother's womb and they were yucky and red, I had my eyes on them because I was proud of them and I loved them and I wanted to spend time with them and I wanted to invest in them. And that's exactly the way God the Father is. As we love to watch our kids, he loves to watch his kids. And I think about my girls, I invested in them and loved them and had pleasure with them. Till the, and even do that now. They're all three grown. They're wives. They're moms. They're giving me grandkids one after another, which is really cool, you know. But when you think about that, God is the same way as we watch our kids. God watches us from the time that we give our hearts and lives to Him. He watches us as we grow in Him. And He has pleasure in us up to this very moment. Now, last week I talked about how that you were created to be loved by God. This week, we're going to talk about how you and I can truly love God back, and that's our first purpose. There was a time when a man come up to ask Jesus, in the scriptures here we're going to look at, of what the most important commandment is, and this was Jesus' response in Matthew 22. He says, you must, Jesus says and replies to them, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. When you think about that, if it's going to be your entire being, that means that my purpose in life is to worship God. Now, when you think about worship, really it's whatever you're giving worth to. It's whatever you're giving worship to, whatever that may be. Sometimes it's not God. 
Hopefully it will be God and you get your focus on that. But when you think about worship, I know a lot of times for a lot of people, we begin to automatically think that worship is just what we do within this hour here at the church. Y'all agree with me? Raise your hand. That's what we think worship is. Well, when we come here, a lot of times we all come from different backgrounds. So let me ask this question. How many of you, uh, you came from a ch- maybe some kind of church background before you came here and they did not express themselves, they did not raise their hands? Raise your hand for a second. Good, we're, we're, we're coaching you now. You're raising your hands here like we want you to. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, um, the point of it is, everybody comes from different backgrounds. But here's my point with that. You know, the scripture teaches us that we need to clap hands unto the Lord, Psalm 47.1. The scripture teaches us we need to lift holy hands unto God. But here's where we're going to get raw, and I'm going to get real with you. How many of you, I want you to get, I want you to get raw real with me, okay? That's why I'm down here on the floor with you. How many of you, when you come into church, you feel somewhat embarrassed to not lift your hands by somebody else watching? Maybe you see somebody over there and they're lifting their hands, right? And they, whether it's just a little bit or whatever, they're lifting their hands in worship, but you don't want to do it because you're scared somebody's going to look at you. Would you please raise your hand and be honest with me? Help me out. You feel that embarrassment. It's okay. I'm not, not judging you. Well, those of you lying in here, the fire is going to strike and from heaven, and I don't want to burn our building up or you either. Those of you that's been embarrassed not to raise your hand in worship, please lift your hand and just be honest today. Okay, thank you. You just, you're embarrassed not to lift your hand. Yeah, you know, because you're, you're worried about what somebody else thinks, you know. So what you need to do, you need to do, uh, you need to just think about it and just think about, okay, it's between me and God. So let me help you out. So basically, just, just don't think about nobody else. Just say, I'm carrying, a, I'm carrying a big screen TV, you know, I'm just... I'm just carrying this TV or whatever. Or you can say, my fish was this long, my fish was this long, my fish was this long. Or you might even say, wax on, wax off, wax on. See, so you're just kind of getting into it a little bit. And then maybe you just simply think about, well, here's, here's goalposts, you know, goalposts. Goalposts right here, right here. Washing mama's windows up high, whatever, okay? Don't think about nobody else. Just think about you and God because he's your heavenly father. And you wouldn't have been able to walk in here without his strength. You wouldn't have been able to walk in here without his heartbeat given inside of you. You would not have the blessings that flows in your life without him. So I don't want you to live in embarrassment. I want you to live in relationship with Jesus. And get over and look, these front rows are empty. Why are the front rows empty? Because you're scared to death I'm going to spit on you. And if that spit spits on you, it'll be holy. I'll get you an umbrella. But man, come on up here and get in here because you ought to be running in here wanting to worship God and not be scared to death about what God's going to do because you want all of God. You want, how many of you want all of his blessings? Yes, I do. We all do. Man, we ought to be up here and I can't even get y'all to get you off the front row because you want to worship Jesus because he's blessed your life so much. Think about that. God is such a good, good God, but so many times we put God in a box in our life when it comes to giving him worth, and we're worried about what everybody else thinks about in our lives. Worship is knowing God and loving God back. Worship is so misunderstood today. It's giving worth to our great God. Today, we're going to look at what worship really means. Take a look at Romans 12 and 1 here. It says, and Paul tells this, this is so good, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, he said, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. 
But prior to this, it was a dead sacrifice on an altar. Here he's saying we're to give our being to God. And that's what makes the difference. When we give our being to him, we don't worry about what anybody else is thinking. We don't worry about who's around us. It's a relationship that we have, that vertical relationship we have with our Heavenly Father through the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. So when we look at this, worship is a response to God's love. That's what it is. Worship is the way that I react when God loves me. God takes the initiative to be able to love me. He makes the first move with me. And then he creates us, understanding he saves us, and he forgives us, he blesses us, he protects us. But also worship is giving back to God. That's what it is. I am going to give back to God. Whenever you offer God anything, listen to me, that's worship. Whenever you offer him anything, that brings pleasure and enjoyment to God. But what do you give truly a God who has everything? Think about that. What are you and I going to give a God that has everything because he's God? Love. Love in return. It's a choice as to whether we're going to give God love. You say, well, how do we do that? Well, look at Mark's gospel, chapter 12 and verse 30. It says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. See, God wants me to love him. When we look at this verse, he wants me to love him thoughtfully because that's with my mind. It's what I'm thinking about. My thoughts are about God. My thoughts are on God. My thoughts are thinking through what God would do in particular situations in life. It's about God. I have my mind focused on him. I think things through. But also, I want, God wants me to love him passionately. That's with my heart and soul. That's with my entire being. We can be passionate about many things in life, but what about loving God with our entire heart and our entire soul? Is that what you're passionate about? Is that what you're passionate about when you leave here today? Think about that. But also, practically is the way that we can love God back, and that's with my strength. You say, what do you mean? See, all your abilities is what you want to love God back with because he's blessed you with different talents and gifts and strengths and things like that. You know what I'm saying? But today, what I want to focus on, there are three particular things that you cannot worship God in unless you're willing to give them to God in worship. And that's what I want us to focus on these last little bit. Worship is focusing my attention on God. That's where I give him the attention. Why would God want me to focus on him? Because he focused on us. He spent time on you and me, and he knit us together in our mother's womb, and he made out and laid out our life's order before we ever breathed our first breath. Psalm 139, listen to what it says. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what that means there? God never takes his eye off of us. Isn't that amazing? He is looking at us at all times. And the greatest expression of love is to be able to give attention back to God. How many of you remember when you first fell in love? Raise your hand. And if you're married and you're still married to him, you better raise your hand fast or you might fall out on the way home. Yeah, you remember when you first fell in love? What it was like? And, and man, it was just so awesome when you first fall in love. It's absolutely incredible because you gave someone attention, but yet they gave you attention back, right? 
So the next thing you know, you, it's all you can think about is their life. And you're just, you're just so in love, and it's all you can think about. You're like Buddy the Elf, you know, when he fell in love. I remember that. So, man, we fall in love, and, and we want to give them our attention, right? Well, that's what we want to do with God. See, God's, God is love, and he first loved us. But he wants you to love him back. So all of a sudden, when you have a relationship with him and he gets your attention, and man, you fall in love with him, that's all you want to do is to focus on giving God attention. Because think about it. This morning, God blessed you to get up out of a warm bed. God blessed you to be able to take, hopefully, a hot shower. God blessed you to put on clothes. God blessed you to put something to eat in your stomach. God blessed you with a vehicle to be able to go from point A to point B to get to God's house here to worship him corporately with other people that he blessed the same way. Man, just think about the attention that God deserves and think about a lot of times when we don't give him the attention that he deserves. Love may wear off, but with God, I pray that it will never wear off in your life, but it would grow. For Shannon and I, our relationship, we shared 32 years Thursday as an anniversary with one another. And the love had more off, people. It gets better all the time. And I praise God for that. And so as you exercise that relationship and you give God attention, his attention will never wear off of you. I pray that the attention you give him will never wear off as well. But sometimes it's hard to focus on God because we lose our focus. Would you agree with that? We have to decide in our hearts and our mind that we are going to stay focused on our relationship with God. Look at the person next to you and say, focus. You got to focus. You got to take that focus on to God. But there's a couple of things that distracts our focus, and I want to I share with you. The first thing is, it's, it's the, both of them are really, the first one's in our humanness. It's our self-centered nature. We all have this self-centered nature in our lives. And in Romans 12 and verse 2 in the message, I love what it says. It says, here, or I'm sorry, in Romans 8 and 7, it says, focusing on yourself is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores who? What's that name? Yes, ignores God and ends up thinking more about self than God. Man, it's awful easy to focus on ourselves. When you look at a baby, why does a baby cry when it's a baby? Because it's one of two things. It either needs a change of a diaper or it's hungry. But the baby is going to scream because the baby's thinking about the baby. That's the human nature that begins to evolve into our lives if we don't let the nature of Christ get into our lives and into our hearts. So we end up doing that. But another thing that distracts us is what's around us, and it's getting worse all the time. It's, our self, it's a self-centered culture. Look what it says in Romans 12 and 2 there in the message. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Let that resonate in your spirit for a minute, what I just read. That all of a sudden, you're so well-adjusted to it that you fit into it without even thinking. That's scary, church. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Instead, everybody say instead. Fix your attention on God. See, you got to make that choice. I can't make it for you. Culture's definitely not going to make it for you. you got to fix your thoughts upon God. So how do I think about God instead of other things? When you get up in the morning from the day you open your eyes, the very moment you open your eyes, first thing you do is say, I love you, God. Good morning. That didn't take that. didn't hurt you, did it? Just say, I love you, Lord. Good morning. Thank you for waking me up. First day of the rest of my life. But then... I want to challenge every single one of you to establish a quiet time with God. 
If it's just five minutes to go somewhere and read a scripture, like right now, how many of you enjoyed reading The Purpose Driven Life? Raise your hand all over the auditorium. It's amazing, you know. Just start out with five minutes. It's just amazing that you spend that time with God and you hear from his heart and then you pray to him. That's you talking to him and through the scripture, that's God talking to you. Establish that quiet time with God. It makes a huge difference in your life. Look what it says in Matthew 6 and 6 in the message. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Think about role-playing before God. It's awful easy to try to fake people out, but you're not going to fake God out. So we want to find that quiet place to get before Him. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can. The focus will shift from you, listen to this, to God, and you will begin to sense His grace. Find that quiet place wherever it needs to be before you go out into the world. Because what you get in a private heart and chambers of your life is what's going to give you strength when you go out in the public. Because none of us, when we go out every day, we don't know what we're going to face in a given day. And if there's ever a time that we need God's strength, we need God's strength and presence and power right now. Say yes. So, another thing I want you to think about is having that place simply and honestly, that quiet place. But a second thing, in Psalm 105 and verse 4, search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. You think about God throughout the day. You have a continual conversation with God. When you're driving down the road, you're thinking about God. Or you run into somebody at work or somebody texts you and you can say, God, I want to pray and lift my brother or my sister or my coworker or whoever it may be. You just have a continual conversation with God because you're God's child and you exercise that relationship like you would with somebody else that you know that's in the, the physical. You understand what I'm saying with that? There's great benefits when you focus on God and you have that continual relationship with him. Isaiah 26 and verse 3, listen to this. You will keep in perfect peace all, say all, who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. So when it comes to your focus, if all you're thinking about is you and, and, and you're not thinking about anybody else, what causes, what causes and effects comes in that? Worry, you end up having guilt, Sometimes fear will come in and captivate your life. There'll be times that things that's going on in your life, you're going to have doubts about those things. But when you focus on God, God will always give you that sense of hope. You'll feel that relationship as it grows of his love in your life. You'll have confidence in him that he's got your back when nobody else does. You're going to have that joy. And ultimately, as it says in this verse here, you're going to have perfect peace no matter what the enemy tries to throw at you. you got to claim that today. So you're worshiping God and you're giving him your attention, but also worship is expressing my affection to God. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to express love. Guys, you and I know that when you first started dating, if you're married right now or you've dated somebody, you always try to hold back from saying, I love you first. If that's true, men say amen. Yeah, it's true. Ladies, you also, you don't want to say I love you first too quick yet because you don't want to look like the weak one. You understand what I'm saying? So that's kind of, you always hard sometimes to express that love when you start dating somebody. I remember when Shannon and I first started dating, we've been dating a month and we went to church together and then after church, I don't remember what we were arguing about, but boy, we was arguing to beat 90. And finally I looked at her and I said, I'm going to take you home. 
And so I remember driving from my mom, my parents' house, headed toward her house, and I remember within 100 yards of where that she looked over at me, and she, and, and she looked at me, and she said, but I think I love you. And I broke myself, I think I love you too. And so I didn't end up taking her home, and we've been married 32 years. Anyway, that worked out. But sometimes it's hard to express love. It's hard. And you think about when you're going to express it, there's no greater love that you can have but to express your love to God. And God wants you to express it because he's already expressed his love to you. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross for you. And look, look what it says in John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. How many of you have ever said and to God, and, and don't raise your hand or anything, when's the last time or have you said, I love you, God? I love you so much that you love me first. See, the most important thing that you can ever know in your life is that God loves you. And the most important thing you can do is to love God back. And that's what's most important. The first purpose of your life is to know God and to be able to love God. That's why your heart is still beating right now. That's why God has allowed you to come here today. And do you realize God has very deep feelings for you? That God loves you so much. He's never too busy for you. Have you ever just been a little bit too busy for God? God is never too busy for you. Look what it says in Exodus 34 and verse 14. You must worship no other gods for the Lord whose very name is Jealous is God is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. See, God loves us so passionately that he's jealous of his relationship that he has with us. You know how you get a little jelly when it comes to your relationship? You know what I'm saying? That's God with us. God gets a little jelly with us because he don't want anything put in front of his relationship with you and I. You know, I think about that even when I think about how passionately I want to love my wife. This past week, something I've done our whole married life, I always write my wife a poem every year, every year. And so this year she bragged on it. She don't always, she'll tell me, but um, so I'll, I'll go out to the car, 3.30 in the morning while she's still sleeping. I get the balloons out, I get the card out, and I realized I hadn't written a poem. So I, God gave me this poem really fast. And so I write this poem down in the card, and of course the balloons and everything's in there, and she comes in there, and she really bragged on the poem, and I said, that was God. I said, he gave it to me at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> but sometimes when it comes to our passion, loving God back, God has to help us even in our passion with him because of what, everything that hits us in our lives. You understand what I'm saying? There's so much comes at us in our lives, in the culture, in the relationships we have, and the responsibilities that we have, that God even helps us to love him back when we can't even hardly think in the measure. God wants that relationship with you. He's going to love on you so you will passionately love him back. So how can I show that affection and passion for God? Simply by saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Continually giving praise and honor and adoration for him. The greatest expression that we can have with God in that affection that we have is to give God your life. If you have not given your heart and life to Christ, you couldn't have picked a better day to be able to be here. Because here's what I know. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And that is the truth. God wants me and you to express our love to him. And you say, Lord, I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my soul. Take my life, God. I want to express my life as a continual relationship with you. Romans 6 and 13 says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves, say those next three words with me out loud, audibly, please. 
completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. You ever thought about what holds us back from completely, wholeheartedly loving God? You can respond to me and tell me whether you agree or not. After 20 years plus years of ministry and, and talking and, and being with people, discipling people, mentoring people, pastoring people, the number one thing I get from people is this, is that they fear what God may ask of them. You follow me on that? Because they're scared that he's going to ask of them something that, that wouldn't line up with who they are. And God is never going to ask you to do anything he hasn't already strategically prepared you to do. And that you can do it with a passion and with a fire and with a need to express yourself through the relationship of what God wants you to do. And that's what I want you to understand. Whenever you realize how much Jesus loves you, and he loved you enough that he came down the stairway of heaven. He came here, put on skin. He was tempted all the ways we were tempted, yet he never sinned. He died on a cross for you. That's when you get in that relationship. You're so close to him. You say, you know what, God? I'm going to surrender myself to you no matter what. I love you. I want to give my attention to you. I want to give my affection uh, um, on, for the things that you have given me and, and have that relationship. But also worship is being able to use my abilities for God. Last thing here, God wants to, us to be able to see him with our minds. God wants us to be able to sense him in our hearts and our souls and our being, that his presence is always there. But yet God also wants you and I to serve him with the strength that he gives us in our heart, soul, and mind. You know, it's really cool for us to have a good relationship with our kids or, or with our spouse, and we give them hugs and we give them kisses. But also, you and I both know there are chores of love as well. And you say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? A part of worship isn't just saying, God, I love you, but it's a need to be able to show in practical ways that I love you, God. Love is action, and I want you to grab that. Colossians 3 and 23, listen to what Paul said. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Some of you may need to change who you're working for. You're thinking you're working for this supervisor. You're thinking you're working for yourself and your entrepreneurial business. You need to change and think about this. Get this. It's not what you do. It's who you do it for in your life. And you know what? When you turn your 24-7 life of work into worship and you do it as you're doing it for God, it changes everything in how you think and process in any given day. God says, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for you, them, or are you doing it for me? And that's the measure we need to think of. And it's not just about worship at church. Worshiping God becomes a lifestyle. Now listen to what Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says in the message here. It says, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. See, real worship in our lives is a lifestyle. That's what it is. It's not just coming inside the church. See, you're wired to worship God. It's in your DNA. It's how he created you in his likeness and in his image. So I asked you today, what are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? And as we wrap up, I want you to let that come into your mind. What are you worshiping? You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Whatever you give your primary attention and affection and your abilities to, that's what your focus is. That is your worship. And whether it's your, maybe it's your career. 
Or maybe you give your attention and your affection and your abilities to money. Or maybe it's got to do with retirement, whether it's pleasure, whether it's sex, another person, whatever it is. Listen to me what I'm going to say right here. The worst temptation of sin that you can ever commit is to worship something other than God. Now, when it comes to temptations, I will tell you, temptation can become a good thing. You know why? Nothing wrong with temptation. Temptation can be a good thing because it gives you the opportunity to do what's right. Do you follow me on that? Say yes. You get the opportunity to do what's right. Satan did everything he could do to get Jesus to sin. Jesus comes up out of the river, goes to the river. John the Baptist baptizes him. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was present at that time. And God the Father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then next thing you know, he goes out into the desert. And he begins to be tempted by Satan. To get, Satan wanted to get him to be able to, to worship another God beside the true God. And so he goes out there and Jesus is tempted by Satan for physical needs and desires. He's tempted by Satan for power and possessions. He's tempted by Satan by pride. And what does Jesus do? He responds through the word of Almighty God. And that's how he is able to defeat him. So understand that God is a jealous God. And he would never want you and I to have another place of someone in our life that we're worshiping other than God. And that's the one who gives us peace and the one where blessings flow. It is through that relationship. Have you ever thought about what we will do when we get to heaven? A lot of times they think, well, we're just going to be like those little fat babies with a harp and float on a cloud and play the harp all the rest of our life. No, no, no. That's not what we're going to be doing. We will give God our attention, our affection, and our abilities for all of eternity. Understand that here on earth, he wants you to practice what you're going to be doing when you get to heaven. So, what do you think most about? Right now, when you think about your mind, not just here in this moment, but I want you to think about what is it that you think most about in your life? Because whatever you think about is what you love the most, whatever it is. And that's what you worship. If I could see your check register for your checkbook, or if I saw your calendar, I would see and be able to tell you exactly what you love the most. But what's most telling about that, it would tell God, most of all, what you love the most. What is that? What is that? This past Wednesday, um, we uh, had a small birthday party for Shanda here at the church and um, Indian Caleb's son Zion was with Caleb's parents Richard and Kathy and they came and opened the door over here and when they did I saw little Zion two years old and I happened to see him about the distance from here to the back doors and when he come through the doors he started hollering party party and he started running with his hands up with everything and just melted my heart and ran all the way to me jumped up in my arms and when I hugged him he laid his head on my shoulder see that relationship that I have with him is absolutely incredible because I've been loving him since the day he came into the world he melts my heart and he gives me his attention he gives me his affection if I ask him to do something, he's big enough now that he's learning to do it with what abilities he's got. And that's exactly the way we need to be running to our Papa, our Heavenly Father. He's 
running to Papa and loving on Papa and giving him our attention, giving him our affection, giving him our abilities. I mean, I can't help. Look at this little fellow right here. I'm telling you what. He is something else. And he loves his Papa T. So I ask you today, do you love your Papa in heaven enough that you will always keep that focus to where you give him your attention undivided. Give him all of your affection because he's your God. He's your creator. He's a lover of your soul, proved at the cross. But yet you give him your abilities. Not just what we say we love somebody. We prove through action that we love somebody. So right now, I want to challenge you. We're going to lift holy hands unto God and we're going to worship here for a few moments of time. And I want to ask you to forget about who's around you. Let's clap hands unto the Lord. Let's lift holy hands unto the Lord. And let's worship our great God because our Papa deserves it. Do y'all agree with me on that? Let's, let's stand to our feet and let's give our great God some worship, all right? Let's give him the worship he so rightly deserves.
Oh, bless beyond measure. Well, thank you for every person on the sound of my voice, God, that you created, that we could spend these moments together, God. I pray your richest of blessings, God, on each one here, God, that they're going to truly know how loved they are by you. But yet, God, that we have the opportunity to love you back, God. Not as a, just an hour on Sunday or maybe just a, a Bible reading time in the morning, but as a lifestyle, God, we love you by giving you attention, affection, very abilities you've equipped us with. Find us faithful in that, God. How many of you here, as we're still praying, have a better perception of worshiping God the Father than when you walked in? Would you lift your hand? Say, I've got a better perception and understanding of worshiping God. How many of you here on the sound of my voice want to do everything you can do from this point forward to give God your undivided attention, give him the affection he so rightly deserves in your life, and give him the abilities he gave you to be able to use on other people? If that's you today, would you lift your hand and say, I want to do that from this day forward. I want to be able to do that with God. Father, thank you, God, for these that's lifted their hands and, and knowing, God, of how, what worship is now and giving you the worth you so rightly deserve because of your son Christ. I pray you pour your spirit anointing on every person on the sound of my voice, God, and bless them as they want to move forward in their relationship with you, God. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ in your heart and you're trying to wrap your mind around it, but yet you feel this convicted spirit in your heart and mind and you know that you're not where you need to be with God because you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. You've never been born again. That is to be born in the spirit of God. That's you right now, and you feel him knocking on your heart's door. That's why you're here today, friend. You're here because God loves you, and God wants to come into your heart through his son Christ and give you that relationship that I've been talking about with him. So if you're here today and you feel that convicting spirit in your soul, and you know that you've never given your heart to Christ, and you want to live for him and give your life to him, and you know it's that you need to do that for the first time, as the rest of the Christians are praying, would you lift your hand real high across the auditorium and say, yes, I need to give my heart to Christ today. I feel him touching my heart. Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to give my heart to Christ today. Just lift your hand real high. And we're going to pray with you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you for lifting your hand. I see that hand. Anyone else say, I need to give my heart to Jesus today. I feel him knocking on my soul. I need to make him Lord of my life. All right, listen, we're going to pray with you, but I can't pray your prayer, only you can. It's only through the convicting spirit of the Holy Spirit that, can, that you can pray to him as he convicts you to ask him to be the Lord of your life. Now, Christians, you be praying, and we're going to pray together, uh, and you be praying for these that's lifted their hand to receive Jesus as Lord today. Would you pray to him right now, those of you that lift your hand, just tell him, say, Lord, I want to invite you in my heart today. I'm sorry for trying to do life my way. I feel your spirit knocking on my heart and wanting in so I invite you to live in my heart and life tell him if you believe in him say I believe in you Jesus you came you lived and he died for me so I ask you Lord to forgive me of my sins I ask you Lord to save me my life is yours from this day Put my name in your book in heaven.
Now, if you pray a prayer or something like that and you truly mean it from the depths of your soul, then peace will come into your heart unlike anybody can describe. And you will know that you know that you know that the Lord rebirthed your life through the Spirit. That took place. Would you just lift your hand real high and say, yes, that, that took place in my heart. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God, for these new family members, God, that we're going to spend eternity with. I pray you richly bless them, God. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to express our love to you today. May that be our life's desire and our heart's desire. And we praise your name. And everybody says, amen. Let's give God praise again, church, all right? I hope you guys enjoyed today's service. I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps. If you have given your life to Christ today, that's awesome, and we want to know about it. Um, if you are watching online or on the app, we have a little hamburger icon you can click on, and it'll take you to the connection card, and you can just mark that for us. And if you're on Facebook, if you go to the description, you can find a link, and it'll take you to the connection card. While you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too, and uh, we'll get that, and we'll be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We're going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give, and if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, and if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen, and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day, and peace out. Thank you.